Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet. Go check them out. HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me is the man who predicted all this madness, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. Could it get crazier? I think I, it might. It might. It could happen. Listen, the trade deadline is not over yet. It is it is already heating up. Tyler, you predicted this. You were you're on the money this year, and I think it's going to get even crazier. Well, we've seen some teams go to blow up mode, and and we could see a couple more go full blow up mode and just get rid of everyone. And that is usually when things get extra wild because like if the, if the Grizzlies are committed to trade Gasol, they might go full blow up mode and trade like Mike Conley and Garrett Temple and literally not have much left. And for fantasy, that's exciting because that gives us a whole plethora of new guys that are going to have a lot of increased potential and a bigger role. And, more shots, more points, more rebounds, more assists, more everything. So you got to like that. Yeah, and like now is the perfect time for all this to happen because you are either fighting for a playoff spot or trying to solidify your run in the playoffs. And if or in Roto, you are fighting for the categories that you have the most chance of gaining points in or uh, trading guys away to players who could lose, you know, who could pass other players and the whole game within the game when it comes to Roto Leagues, which is much more interesting. But this is the perfect time for all this to happen because all these different players become uh, more valuable and it could really change the landscape of an entire league. And we could see Marcus Sola. It sounds like he's going to be leaving uh, Memphis, but what's going on with the rest of the Grizzlies? What's going on with the rest of the ri- Wizards? What's going on with the rest of the Miami Heat? Uh, also, there's this whole um, Lakers-Anthony Davis thing going on. So I think tomorrow it's going to be pretty crazy. But we have plenty to talk about tonight, Tyler. And let's let's get right into it. And let's start with the most uh, completely pointless trade. Let's just get them out of the way. Like Let's start at the bottom, and we'll get to the real meat and bones Uh at the later half of this uh, podcast. You know, meat and bones doesn't make any sense, right? Like, you get to the meat of it because that's the stuff oh. you want to eat. The bones is the part you throw away. So that would be like the mm. crap that you're saying right now. No, the, the bones is the best part. You get that marrow inside the bones. You cook <laughs> it up. It's very nice. It's the the delicacy on top. Uh, but let's let's talk about the, you know, the most pointless right here. Malachi Richardson is going uh, from the Raptors uh, to the Trailblazers. Do you, do you care? Excuse me, to the, uh, to the 76ers, not to the Trailblazers. I don't even no. know because it doesn't matter. Malachi Richardson, if he plays another 10 minutes in the NBA, I'd be surprised. All right, so no, nothing to see here. Let's get to uh, the next trade then. Uh, we are looking at a three-way trade. Uh, Alex uh, Alec Burks is going to Portland. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, along with a second-round pick. The Rockets get Iman Shumper, Nick Stauskas, and Wade Baldwin, and the Cavs get Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, plus a lottery-protected first-round pick from Houston. Um, 
A lot of uh, fringe players here. Not sure there's a ton of fantasy value here, but I'm kind of looking heavy at the fact that Marquise Chris, a decent fantasy player, is going to a team that has a lot of minutes uh, left over for him to play. They do and they don't, right? Like they have Larry Nance. They have some guys in that front court that they're going to play. Unless they move Tristan Thompson, he's probably still going to play some minutes. Um, Marquise Chris has shown that he can be a valuable fantasy player. It's really going to come down to a question of how many minutes and how can he stay out of foul trouble? Can he not be a little bit of a goofball? Um, Those are all things that we've not been able to see him do quite yet in his NBA career, but I guess there's a first time for everything. Yeah. If you look at his, I mean, if you, even if you look at his per 36 minutes, it's like you're getting a guy who's decent at blocks and decent at rebounds and hits the occasional uh, three and it's like that that in 33 34 minutes could be standardly relevant uh, but you know he has basically played almost zero minutes in Houston a team that you know you, you think would be able to find some minutes for him so uh, to me this whole trade like Stauskas for some threes Iman Shumpert like I, I don't know really who's benefiting out of this trade I could see Shumpert and Brooks each playing like that wing roll off the bench, playing, you know, 15 to 25 minutes a game. And in a deeper league, that's probably useful to you. In a standard league, that's probably something you don't want. Yeah, I think that's um, this is more of a deeper league trade. I think you are going to get some more minutes uh, that come the uh, Alec Burks way, probably Stouse's way, and I think definitely Marquise Chris's way. So in your deeper leagues, go check them out. Let's get to the next one. Um, this one much now we're getting into what, what Tyler calls the meats and I call the meats and bones. Um, the Kings are trading Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph for Harrison Barnes. What a, what a return for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. Yeah. I mean, people forget, I guess that Barnes now granted the Mavs weren't that good, but Barnes scored 19 points a game each of the last two seasons. Like Barnes is a good player and Barnes is not a great fantasy option in the sense that he doesn't give you a lot other than points in three pointers, but he's been shooting the three ball really well this season. And you know, the, the Mavs basically wanted to make this move to get out of his $25 million player option for next season, but it was a pretty weak return. And, you know, you got to think Barnes is going to play big minutes and the report is the Kings want to keep him long-term. He's going to play, you know, 32, 33 minutes a game, probably on that Sacramento team. And he's going to do what he does. Yeah, I would expect very similar production out of uh, Harrison Barnes in uh, Sacramento. Uh, does that does it hurt anybody on Sacramento particularly when he uh, when he shows up and starts playing 33 minutes? Well, I mean, that, that's kind of where their big hole has been all season, right? They don't really have anyone who can play that kind of three, four combo spot. Um, and then I, we talked to, I talked about that even last year when I wrote about them a lot, that that's basically the type of player they needed. They needed a combo forward that they didn't really have one on the roster, right? That they're playing most of the minutes at small forward. They're playing someone like Bogdanovich or buddy healed. And you know, at the power forward, there's kind of all big guys, right? They're all really probably guys best suited to be a center, that are kind of sliding up and playing power forward. And that problem got even worse with Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley coming in. And I mean, to the fray this year is like they have the, all those guys are modern NBA centers for the most part. You know, there are a few teams that still play the Andre Drummond type where you can play, you know, two guys, two really big guys against those types. But um, I think Harrison Barnes is going to fit in them well there and, and play a ton of minutes. And, he, you know, 
some of those guys are going to lose a minute or two each, and it'll be interesting to see how the front court rotation shakes out. Um, the Kings could be in line to make another trade. Really, what they need to do is move a big man, and you know, maybe they can find a taker for someone like Willie Colley Stein. You know, it'll be interesting to see as the deadline gets a little closer. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, Bielitsa um, and perhaps ba- uh, Marvin Bagley. Um, the, the minutes will probably take a little bit of a hit to fit Harrison Barnes in at that four spot. Uh, Bogdanovich, maybe a little, but like I feel like he's he's more of a, a smaller wing and he could play well uh, with Fox Heald and Barnes with uh, Willie Cully Stein at the four. I think for the Mavs, like it's a future move, right? They're they're now in the free agency market this summer if they want to attract somebody with Porzingis and Doncic on their team, which is to me a fairly attractive team to want to play with. If you were someone like I don't. I don't know, maybe your name is Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant, or maybe your name is Clay Thompson. Sounds like a fun team to be on. Yeah, and more than anything, they wanted the $25 million to, um, to fill the rest of the roster too. Like They feel like they've got some rotation pieces and guys like Jalen Brunson and you know Dorian Finney-Smith, but they know that they're, they're still a couple pieces away from really truly contending with those two, and so – like you got to have some flexibility to make those moves, and it, it wasn't that they didn't love Barnes. It was just they feel like, they felt like Barnes wasn't the piece that was going to push them, you know, deep into being title contenders. Right? That Barnes was more of a piece that was going to keep them as fringe playoff contenders, and that's not what they want. They want to push hard, um, especially when Doncic is on his rookie deal. So, you know, it'll be interesting. The Mavs are going to be players for anybody and everybody. And they could be making some crazy deals to open up the cap space to get somebody, or they could be making, you know, some deals for some just more rotation-y type pieces and trying to fit and make the best team around Porzingis and Doncic, which, you know, that, that's a possibility too. They, you know, that's two superstars already, and we've seen two superstars be able to win a championship. That's true. Um, and I, I'm just interested to see where Jackson fits on this team. I'm not sure that makes his uh, fantasy value any more relevant. My guess is it's about as relevant or less relevant uh, moving forward for the rest of the year. He's um, just not a, a good fantasy option in the sense that like, he doesn't give you a lot of assists. He doesn't give you a lot of rebounds. He doesn't give you a lot of steals. He doesn't give you a lot of blocks and he doesn't really score that much. So there's not really a lot for fantasy, unfortunately, for, for Jackson Jackson. Yeah, I'm hoping to see Zach Randolph and Dirk play at the same time. That would be really, really cool. I hope they just do that for fun in Dallas. Um, I'm, I could looking, see, I'm looking forward to that. I could see the Mavs giving him a couple of swan song games. Yeah, um, why not? Right, like, fun. I don't think anyone's going to sign him. He's 37 years old. At the After the season, I don't think anyone's going to sign him. So I could see them just giving him a couple games and being like, hey, man, here's your here's your last run. Enjoy it. All right, we have breaking news, Tyler. This is how crazy stuff is going on right here. Uh, Wesley Johnson is headed to Washington for Markeith Morris. Um, that is uh, pretty uh, shocking. I think Markeith Morris complicates things on, on the Pelicans, right? Is Markeith healthy? Because he, been- he has not been that healthy this year. But he has not been playing for the last what two two weeks, right? Am I wrong about that? Did he just come back recently here, and, and I missed that? I I don't believe he's playing yet. I don't know. Is it official? Has he officially moved? Um, but I anyway, don't. Think he is not back, so he might just be a non-factor. Uh, but what I think you're seeing more than anything is Washington is totally blowing it up. Um, we heard that John Wall's second injury, right? He he tore his Achilles when he fell at home. Um, 
that means he's out basically all of next season too, right? Like it takes a full year to recover from an Achilles and it, for someone, you know, who relies on their explosiveness as much as John Wall, it may never be the same for Johnny Wall. They owe him a ton of money over the next three years. It'll be really interesting to see what Washington tries to do there. It'll be interesting to see if Washington tries to move Bradley Beal now and totally blow this thing up. You know, I don't really know. They've obviously traded away two pieces, and we're going to talk about another deal. You know, they've traded away two basically of their starters for this year. Could they just hit the total reset button? They're they're another team on that list of, you know, tomorrow could be a really interesting day for them. And I think tomorrow we're going to talk more about – because they're probably going to make more moves, even if they're smaller moves. So we're going to be talking about resetting their whole roster and rotation tomorrow. Um, probably. Well, I, I think, yeah, we're going to definitely be talking about Washington because I, I think they are – going to have to make a decision here like it's kind of messed up the gilbert arias got him last decade and john wall's going to get him this decade with albatross contracts that uh you know the injuries really destroyed a you know very very good you know both of those guys were very very good when they were in their uh prime so it's kind of a curse there in washington but this kind of leads into uh the next question we're going to talk about another trade that washington made uh tonight basically tonight yeah uh the wizards are sending Otto porter to the chicago bulls for bobby portis and the the fattest man on the bulls jabari parker um other than i guess jim boylan's probably the fattest man on the on the bulls uh bobby portis and jabari parker are on their way and they're basically their expiring contracts are on the way uh to the wizards i guess along with um uh whoever's coming from the pelicans i already forgot who it was uh it is wesley johnson and um that is to me probably the the re this is now we're talking real full significant standard league relevancy uh auto porter basically coming onto a team that is in desperate need of legitimately anybody with talent um lowry marketin and zach Levine playing around him. Um, he's Autopor is probably the best all-around player on this on this squad, other than maybe Lowry Marketing. And uh Autoport is gonna get a ton of of play in Chicago. So let's let's talk about Chicago and Autoporter's role there. So I am maybe more interested than to see what Auto Porter can produce than anybody we saw traded today. Um, for this one simple reason. We've seen Otto Porter be a very efficient player, right? But he's always had either John Wall or Bradley Beal feeding him the ball. And say what you want about Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is a very underrated playmaker. Um, so I think he's always had someone who's a really good scorer and a really rather efficient scorer yeah. or efficient at getting him the ball in the spots where he's very good. It's one reason we've seen him shoot very, very good percentages in basically his whole career. Now, it's down to 45.7% this season, and a lot of that may be due to John Wall not playing that much with Otto Porter this season. Now he's going to go to a Bulls team with, fair to say, no one who can feed him the ball. I mean, Chris Dunn is... Chris Dunn is is passable, right? Like, he's he is um, at least average in the NBA. But is Bradley Beal right now a better playmaker than Chris uh, Dunn? I think yes, if you so, had to pull my teeth. So we've obviously also never really seen Otto Porter take a big 
role as far as like shots, getting a lot of shots up. So you got to think he's going to get more shots in Chicago. They're probably, he's probably going to be less efficient. He's probably going to be less efficient than he's ever been. But he's, Um, you know, so he's never, he's never been given the reins to a team, right? He's never been given the, you know, here, here, take him. He's never had to, he's never had to. And some occasionally just very, very occasionally, uh, he has taken over games, but mostly he just kind of sits back and uh, stands in the corner and, and shoots threes. And I think this is kind of like you're saying, uh, make or break for Otto Porter. He is either going to thrive or, as I'm guessing, being on a really, really terrible team, he is going to be the one guy that the other team guards and all the pressure is going to be on him and I actually, you know, I think, you know, like you're saying, the the field goal percentage is going to go down. He's going to try to do too much. And that's not a role he's ever had to play. Therefore, I don't feel like he's going to be very comfortable playing it for the rest of the season. Well, and less talked about part, and we talk about this with uh, role players a lot, is how much does, if he really becomes the guy who takes the offense on his back, how much does that hurt his defensive numbers, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who averages basically a steal and a half a game and half a block with like six rebounds. You know, does him having to do more on the offensive end affect those defensive numbers? And that's a possibility too. So I'm really interested to see what Otto Porter can produce. Um, I think it's definitely going to be less efficiency. We could see him basically score more points than he's ever scored, right? His career high is 14.7 points a game. I would not be surprised to see him score over 15 points a game in Chicago, but that could also affect the defensive numbers. So I definitely am keeping a close eye on Otto Porter's production over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think if you want to like take a stab at it, right? Like uh, he's played 29 minutes a game this season, and those minutes are going to go up because the Bulls are a trash heap, and uh, Ryan Archidiakono has been playing 25 minutes a game. So uh, I think Otto Porter will find plenty of minutes here. And when you look at it, something very standard: hey, minutes mean more production. More production means better fantasy stats. Sure. Auto Porter is a little bit different because he does everything good, but nothing great. And if you see a drop in efficiency, you know, that you can start to see, and, you know, he's going to the line more. He's still only shooting 76%. You can see some of those things drop. So it's like overall ranking might drop a little bit more, but I, I think you're right where you'll see a little bit more uh, uh, points here and there, maybe a, a rebound or two. Um, so overall, like what's the net gain of that? I'm not, I'm not really sure you're going to get a huge net gain. So be aware that um, you might see those percentages drop for more, you know, stats across the board, which is, might be what exactly what you want from auto Porter. Yeah, fair. And, and I, I would say it's very difficult to predict because we're going to see auto Porter in a new role. You mentioned we're seeing him in a role he's never played before. So predicting his stat line would be very, very difficult at this moment. So uh, this is even harder to predict what is going to happen uh, with uh, Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and I guess now uh, Jeff Green is is the number one option on the Washington Wizards now? Well, Bradley Beal is still there, right? And until Bradley Beal gets traded, um, those guys are all role players, right? Around Bradley Beal. Um, you got to think Portis is going to play. I wouldn't be surprised if Jabari Parker plays too. Uh, they're clearly not in the game to win games right now. I mean, making these trades is not making them a better team. So, you know, maybe 
Bradley Beal is definitely the guy I got my eye on as the deadline approaches, man. Because we talk about Bradley Beal and he's on a long-term deal, and they don't the Wizards didn't have a lot of flexibility before they made these couple of trades as far as you know future signings. I think Bradley Beal's a really good player. Bradley Beal's a really underrated player. Bradley Beal's still only 25 years old. He's a very young player. If the Wizards trade him away, they're obviously going full tank mode, and they're probably making a mistake unless they can get a pretty good haul back. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, and, and maybe we should save our, our thoughts on the other players. Until then, I will say this. We've seen Bobby Portis be fantasy-friendly per minute, so if Bobby Portis can get the minutes, that might be good for fantasy. And, and Jabari Parker can score a lot of points. He might not play a lick of defense, but the dude can score a lot of points if he gets the minutes. So if you need points and you're looking for somebody, especially in a deeper league where you can take a flyer on, man, maybe that's not the worst thing, especially you know if we see – for whatever reason, Jabari Parker being the number one option on the Wizards down the stretch. Yeah, I like the fact that if they're tanking that Jabari Parker will see quite a, a few minutes. And uh, I also like the fact that the, I I think when – well, I don't know. That's going to be tough. If they're going to go with Jeff Green or Bobby Portis, if, you're needed, if you need to take a flyer, Bobby Portis is the guy to take a flyer on. He – per minute, like you're saying, you know, he scores, he gets rebounds, he hits threes. He's better than Jeff Green per minute. So uh, if you thought Jeff Green was an option, Bobby Portis is a, is a better risk to take, in my opinion, because he's just a better fantasy player. Yeah, and here's the other thing, too. Like, those guys might be shipped out in, you know, one-for-one one one deals for something else. You know what I mean? Like, so if you get traded, you can only be traded in a one-for-one one trade. Um, you know what I mean? If they're, if they feel like they can save more money, they might try to ship out those guys. You know, the wizards are a team that I would say pretty much anything's in play at this moment. I, uh, I think so. So we'll have to put a kind of a, a stamp on that one until we find out what's actually going to happen in Washington. Make sure you follow the Twitter accounts, which is basically literally all of NBA Twitter right now. You'll probably find out, but you know, obviously sham and Woj will tell us what is going to happen. Uh, just like they have all day today, including the fact that Phoenix is sending Ryan Anderson to the Miami Heat for Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington, of which, for some reason, Phoenix is going to waive Wayne Ellington. What do you mean for some Possibly reason? the better player? Because if there's one thing Phoenix doesn't need, it's another damn wing. They have They can trade him. I guess, but they're they're looking at that contract as unfavorable. I guess, and they want and you know Tyler maybe, Johnson's contract's not unfavorable. Well, I mean, they uh, that's the whole reason Miami made the deal, right? Is for salary relief. Oh um, yeah, you got to think like they're they along with the Wizards are in cap hell, you know. So they're trying to make some deals to get out of it, and you know I, this trade doesn't make a, a ton of fantasy relevance for anybody i don't think i don't know that tyler johnson really plays that much yeah do you think that tyler johnson's minutes go from 25 to, to 30 plus right now that he's in phoenix and you know phoenix right. just you know they i get why they're waving wayne ellington in the sense that they want to play josh action they want to play mikhail bridges they want to play you know their guys that they've drafted um wayne ellington probably finds his way to a contender and you know if, especially in a deep league if you need three pointers that dude can hit three pointers in in fifteen or twenty minutes. He can get you like three three pointers a game. Yeah, Wayne Ellington has some uh, you know st streaming fantasy value relevancy. So 
Um, if he's going to be playing, that'd be great. If he's going to go to a team where those three pointers might matter, like let's say the LA Lakers, uh, that also might matter as well. So I'd keep an eye on where Wayne Ellington goes uh, here once he is waived um, by the Phoenix Suns for some strange reason. All right, Tyler, there's been a lot of trades, uh, but the blockbuster trade, which was actually the first trade that showed up, and you, and you kind of called it the trades that uh, we hear. I think you said this in an episode or two ago. The trades that end up happening are the trades you don't, you aren't hearing about, and I don't think anybody was hearing about this trade. Thon uh, Maker is it Thon Maker? Oh yes, it is. It is. I forgot. About, I completely forgot. Oh Reggie about Bullock, it's, it's Thon Reggie, Maker. It's Reggie Bullock going to the Lakers. You, is that the one? No, I don't care about Reggie Bullock going to the uh, Lakers. Uh, yeah. Is actually Thon Maker. Uh, with uh who is it stanley johnson yes Thon that kind of switches is a little i'm i'm interested to see what happens you know what we not from a done. fantasy point but i'm interested to see what if thon maker ends up being like playing 30 minutes a game that'd be interesting and i hope someone tweets him about this because i'm pretty sure that both are two of Kyle McEwen's favorite players so i hope somebody has been tweeting Kyle McEwen today making sure he's all right asking him about his two favorite players, asking him what he thinks about the trades, you know, all that. Um, he's a real good guy. So I, I'm hope I'm hoping the best for yeah, both definitely, of his favorite players. Definitely get after uh, about this Thon Maker Stanley Johnson trade. Let him know exactly how you feel about it. That it is the blockbuster of the trade deadline. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be watching Thon Maker in this, but I, I'm not giving any, anybody, any advice when it comes to either one of those players, because uh, I don't really feel like uh, any advice needs to be given. Nothing has changed, in my opinion, of how uh, what their production is going to be like. Tyler, <clears throat> I'm actually talking about the Tobias Harris, Boban, and Mike and Mike Scott. What? Who cares about Mike Scott? Uh, for Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, and Landry Shamit, plus a couple of first rounders. Uh, that means Tobias Harris is going to be not just playing, but starting on the the 76ers and that the Clippers are kind of punting for the season. Is that surprising though? Like it, sh- it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be surprising. Th- no, this is, this is great. This actually should have set the market. And then you look at what, you know, Otto Porter went for and Harrison Barnes went for and the rest of these guys, like, that was this is way above market price for Tobias Harris, who is like we've talked about all all year long, is younger than you think he is, and is playing better than you think he is. Uh, he is legitimately an all star, and Tobias Harris um, is like what twenty five. Yes, Tobias Harris is younger than all the men you mentioned, and that also drives up the price. And the Clippers did really good here. I think the Clippers, you know, they they did well for themselves in the sense that you know i mean they they got some assets back which is good and if we could give a sell high award the clippers would win it this season right and and that philly team is super interesting now right because you got joel Embiid, you got ben simmons you got jimmy butler you got tobias harris their depth is questionable at best you know i mean but they've got Mm -hmm. a really fun starting five now true and they do have they do have an interesting starting five like I'm excited. I think that, you know, like 
they're going to give teams a run for their money in the playoffs because they now are like way more versatile on offense. Yeah. And you know, it'll be, it's actually probably a, a bad, really bad move for Tobias Harris's fantasy value in the sense that, you know, not everybody on the team can score 20 points a game. You know, we have, they have JJ Reddick still who's going to score. Um, Tobias Harris probably settles into that kind of third, fourth option and that sees his, you know, production go down to what we've seen in the past, right. Where he's, probably averaging, you know, more like 16, 17, 18 points a game, you know, getting like five rebounds a game instead of eight rebounds a game, getting like two assists instead of three assists and things like that. So, you know, Tobias Harris is probably the big loser in this trade as far as production goes. Yeah, he's probably, we've been talking about how he's a sell high candidate and now it's like, this is why. Uh, he, He was playing the best basketball. He was probably going to be playing and he was playing great. And he probably would have played this well for the rest of the season. Um, But now you're looking at a team with a lot of uh, mouths to feed. And you'll probably see um, basically the usage for everybody on this team uh, get kind of chipped away just just a little bit in order to uh, satisfy everybody who needs the ball in their hands. Um, That does – uh, Coach Brett Brown go full Tibbs mode though. 30, 37 minutes a game for the starters. Nobody else plays. Because, I mean, look at the bench. I mean, TJ McConnell, Boban. I bet you Boban sees some minutes. He's going to be, everybody's going to love Boban in Philly. But Boban is, is very much a matchups man, right? Like he, he cannot play against certain teams. He just can't. It's true. I mean, like he's so. It's going to be super interesting to see what Philly does here because literally they got a fun, really exciting starting five and their bench. I mean, they might be calling you, Mike, to, to suit up tomorrow to, to play off I the bench. I hope so. I can use the money. Like, that would be great. And here's the other thing, I'm too. available. Like, unless they dip into the, the pick, you know, they do have a lot of picks still even after this trade. Unless they dip into that, like, how are they going to acquire someone? They traded away their best – Asset Landry Shamit that they're going to be willing to trade to get Tobias Harris. Well, when someone of uh, Tobias Harris's usage leaves the team, as he has just left the the Clippers, that opens up some playing time for somebody on this team. Uh, Wilson Chandler is, you know, still out injured. I, I'm not sure how much more Wilson Chandler has in him. Uh, who is going to be taking up the? Not just the 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 minutes, but the uh, the usage, the shots from Tobias Harris on the Clippers could be could a little be, bit of U- Lou Williams time. That's what I mean. We could be in line for another Lou Williams ball out. We saw Lou Williams pretty much all of last season when the Clippers were very injured, ball out, do some crazy stuff. I would think he's definitely going to see an uptick. Um, I think the Clippers are going to go a little smaller now. They're going to basically focus on the young guys. They maybe finally play Shea Gillis, just Alexander, that 30 minutes I've been, I've been speaking about. Um, you know, they've still got a, a glut of guards, and I think maybe that they just used Tobias Harris's spot at the small four to play that glut of guards a little bit more. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. Landry Schmidt's going to play minutes, man. I think that they got him to be a future piece of the team, and so he's got to play some. Um, yeah, the Clippers are definitely a team to keep keep your eye on. Um, who's taking the shots? Who's getting the minutes? Um, I, I've definitely got Shea Gillis, Alexander circled. I got Landry Schmidt circled as two guys I'm definitely looking at um, as a potential pickups. Yeah, and Shea Gillis Alexander has been one of our you know 
waiver wire standards. Like he he's just he's good enough. He's a little um up and down. He's uh he, sometimes well, he's but, playing well, sometimes he's playing like trash. But, but this should solidify his role. Here's the thing too, like I, I think per minute he's playing very well. I think yeah. it's just he really hasn't been getting the minutes and now maybe that does happen. You know, we look at his per 36 numbers, which obviously he's probably not going to play 36, but he might play 32 or 33, you know, given the right situation. You go talking 3.8 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, 14 points. That's a pretty juicy fantasy stat line right there. Um, so, you know, you got to hope if you're a fantasy player for more minutes for SGA. Will they come? Only Doc Rivers can answer that question. Yeah, and I hope they do. Um, I think it also gives a little, little bump, like we were saying, to Lou Williams. And I think Montrez Harrell probably uh, sees the ball in his hand a little bit more. I, I, I think, you know, his minutes might go up just just a tad. So can, can you answer this. So me? That's, that's nice. Me a strange question, Mike, because I, I got a strange question. You're never going to see this coming. Okay, okay you ready for this? this? Is good. All right, I'm ready. For some reason, basketball reference, if you – you know how, like, you can click on a player and then, like – on the right hand side of the screen that says like whatever team they're on, like 2018, 19 Clippers. If you're on Shea Gilgis Alexander's page, for example. Yeah. Okay. And then like you bring down the little tab and it brings out the other team's roster. For some reason on the 2018, 2019 Clippers, Carlos Delfino is on there. Mm. Carlos Delfino. Now some of you might not remember this. Why? Man. Yeah, I, I mean the name. Like it, I can't even like recall the last time he played. Age thirty six, a man from Argentina. I believe he played with some Manu Ginobili on some of those very good uh, Argentine national teams. Yeah. Last played in the NBA at age thirty in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Wow, that is later than I thought it was, but that is actually not a very sure long why time ago. He's, he's member of the two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen Clippers according to basketball reference, but perhaps someone at basketball reference is listening to this and might want to remove him because I do not believe he's a member of the Clippers in 2018, 2019. Um, I hope he's not, but, uh, unless they have like coaching staff. Well, or maybe they have some sort of like strange cap situation where like he signed a long-term deal somehow. And yeah, maybe they're like paying off his contract nine years down the road or something. Uh, all right. I got to look this up now. It was uh, one of the stretch. One of the stretch uh, provisions, perhaps. All right, let's see here. Let's see here. That's very strange. But you know, like yes, I... that is it. He has a dead cap hit. Wow, six hundred and fifty thousand from 2014, 2015, all the way till this season is the very last one. Wow. So for five straight seasons, he has cost them six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Keep getting them checks. Respect to uh, Cross Delfino. About it, so there we we both learned something new. They used the stretch provision on him in 2004. Actually, on the roster in 2019. Oh, that is very strange. August 29th, 2014, they stretched him. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's that is your really really deep fact <laughs> of the evening. Thank you, Tyler. Um, that is all the obviously the major trades, but and all the minor trades too uh, that we got to today and i think there's gonna be quite a few at least a couple tomorrow so we'll be back with uh more but you should be following us on twitter for our uh, instant reactions at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts or if you want to get podcasts like this 
before the general public, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes and subscribe to it. Uh, become a patron. You'll help support the show. And you can uh, basically have a direct contact with Tyler and I to help uh, direct the show uh, with feedback on on how you want the show to go, where what kind of topics you want us to talk about, etc. So uh, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, Tyler, do you have uh, anything else to plug? Anything else going on? Uh, if you want to still hear more or you want to catch up on the Chris Porzingis trade to the Mavericks, um, you can head over to thesmokingcuban.com and you can get tons of analysis and insight, including coming up in the next couple of days, five reasons why Chris Dapps Porzingis is going to make a significant impact on the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. That is um, probably riveting, Tyler. I'm actually really excited to see Chris Dapps Porzingis play for the Dallas Mavericks. I wish it is very sad to hear that he is able to play and he will not be playing. That really, really hurts some of my fantasy teams. I am not happy about it. But, uh, you know, I guess when you look, I'd rather see Chris Dapps and Doncic play for many years to come instead of just having a few more fantasy points for this season. Yeah, and, and you know, they. it's interesting to see them say that he's – you know, relatively healthy. Like, what what does that even mean? I'm assuming, you know, if he could play, they would play him at least a few games this season. Because I think that stuff matters more just for confidence and, you know, I mean, peace of mind for the player. So, you know, this injury's taken a little longer to heal than everyone thought. And we talked about it with the Kings, how, you know, the Kings medical staff decided to take a route of strengthening, you know, the muscles in Harry Giles' leg a little bit more to hopefully prevent that from happening again. And, now, the Mavericks are often credited with having one of the best medical staffs in the league, so I think that they're putting together a plan to hopefully keep Porzingis a little healthier long-term. You know, Even taking the ACL tear out of it, like Porzingis has never super been super, super healthy for the Knicks. He's missed you know, 5, 10, 15 games every season, so perhaps the Mavericks know something the Knicks don't in that department, and maybe you know, maybe he's just never going to be that healthy. So it would be interesting to follow that storyline as well. Definitely. Uh, you could definitely find all that stuff uh, being plugged and a lot of it being written by Tyler P. Watts on Twitter. Uh, thank you, Tyler. And I'm sure there will be plenty of, of, of trade talk to get to tomorrow, and we will see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you out there. And uh, happy, happy trade deadline. <laughs>